stand and read from Romans 14. I think, I don't know. You, you know that the chapter and verse breaks weren't in the original text. Everybody realizes that, right? Well, this is one of those places, and I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to end at the end of chapter 14, but just look at verse number 1 in chapter 15. We then that are strong ought to, the, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. You think that might belong in those verses that are in chapter 14? Yeah. Um, but they're there for helps for us. We're glad that we have them. How long would it have taken us this morning when Brother JT said, I want you to turn to the Psalms and the place where this is found? All the way to 103, you know, or was it 131? I can't remember. 133. Got close. Um, just flip, 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 flip till we finally found it. Um, or this letter from Paul to Rome. I mean, this is a letter. That's a long letter. I know y'all get some long texts from me sometimes, but this is a long letter, <laughs> a very long letter. Well, let's read beginning in verse number 15. Oh, and just as an aside, in case anybody wonders ever, Brother JT and I don't talk about what he's going to preach or what I'm going to preach. He asked me, what do you want me to preach when he first started? So whatever the Lord lays on your heart to preach. You know, so just so y'all know, we don't line those things up, but I know maybe looking at this, that kind of was on, you know, his mind. I don't know. It does, it does tie together, you know, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It does tie together. Um, but he and I don't talk about those things. I just pray for him. He prays for me. Whatever the Lord lays on his heart, whatever the Lord lays on my heart, um, usually when I, I start a study like this, I, I, I continue on. You know, the Lord may interrupt that study from time to time, but it doesn't happen very often. Um, so Romans 14, verse number 15. But if thy brother be grieved, I know I'm going back a couple of verses, but I'm doing it on purpose. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. How could my good be evil spoken of? I think this is good. I think this is right. Well, if it's one of these non-essential things and I'm pressing that on somebody else, you know, and saying, you've got to do this this way, um, then my good's going to be evil spoken of because here I've got a brother or sister who, you know, that's not the way they, they think about that. And they're doing what they're doing is under the Lord, and I'm doing what I'm doing is under the Lord. And we, we have something about that. We'll read about it here in just a minute. But, but that's how good our good can be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Or think about this. Think about how our, our good could be evil spoken of. If we didn't do the thing that Brother J.T. was admonishing us this morning, and that was that we dwell together in unity, because if the outside world looks at us and they don't see us getting along, what are they going to think about the church? So, for the kingdom of God, verse 17, is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Now, that verse right there... You think about that approved of men. Now, the world doesn't like us. The Lord said they weren't going to. So they're going to hate you because they hate me. 
But at the same time, if they see a bunch of people, old and young, they see a bunch of people from different walks of life, uh, different experiences and such, getting along, there's something about that. Those people are able to dwell together in unity. Um, you know, that's, that's something that they behold. And it's certainly acceptable to God. Verse 19 says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And that's the main thrust of this morning's thought. Let us follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Back to that thought again. That he, and, and Paul, we, we've already talked about these things, haven't we? Paul's going back to these things now. It's important enough that he's repeating them once again. Um, he says, for meat, verse number 20, destroy not the work of God. That's pretty strong language. In fact, that's really strong language. Uh, for, for your not eating or for your eating, destroy not the work of God in another. You know, all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. Here I'm push, 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 push for you to do what I do on a non-essential matter. That's not good. And here you are convinced you're not to do that. You're not to eat meat sacrificed to idols. And I'm telling you, that's fine, Sister Shelby. Just eat it. It's no big deal. It's not. But all the whole, the whole while, you're having a lot of trouble with it. And, and you feel like, well, I can't eat this and, and glorify the Lord. And here I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum, and I'm, I'm eating it, and, and I'm glorifying the Lord. You know, you see, we can be on opposite ends, you know, of, of that issue and both be doing the same thing. We're both doing or not doing as unto the Lord. But if I, if I eat it and my conscience tells me not to eat it, then I'm eating it with what? What did it say there? Offense. My conscience is being offended. It's not a good thing to offend your conscience. Don't offend your conscience. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth. So now we get back to the place where if that is something that Sister Shelby can't do, let's say that Sister Shelby was a Jew. Here we were, a Jew and Gentile amalgamation of a church here in Rome. And I knew she grew up not eating pork. And I knew she had trouble with it. But I still brought it and set it back there on that table anyway. And it caused her to stumble because it's there. You know, now that's not good for me to do. That causes her to stumble. It causes her to be offended, it says there. It causes her, look at the next thing. Causes her to be made weak. That's not good. Not if we're going to edify. Not if we're going to build each other up. Not good to make each other weak. Hast thou faith? So here we go. Cohen said, there's nothing wrong with this. And I say, well, I don't. I just, Brother Cohen, I just, I don't know, I, I, can't, I can't do that. That's okay, you know, it's, it's all right. You know, you can do that. No, I, I just, I, I, I can't do that. Hast thou faith? Have it thyself before God. We're talking about secondary. We're talking about non-essential things, right? And you, you think about that thing a certain way, you have that, you know, before God, the way that you think about it. It's not a primary thing. It's not an essential thing. It's not a thing the Scripture says, thou shalt or thou shalt not. This is a secondary matter. Something I can't do, you can do. Well, you have that, I have that before God. You know, so hast thou faith, have it thyself before God. Happy 
Look there, happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. It would not be good for me to sit down at the table and eat something that was sacrificed to idols if I felt like that was something the Lord did not want me to do because my conscience would not allow it. I would not be happy. I would be what? I'd be weak. I'd be offended. I'd not be happy. Verse 23 says, He that doubteth is damned if he eat. Listen, it says, Because he eateth not of faith. And look at the last words there in chapter 14. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Isn't that something? Here I allow it. Here Sister Shelby doesn't allow it. And if she did it, it would be sin unto her. Now we know all things are clean. We know what Paul says about those things as far as meats are concerned, but that's not the issue that Paul's dealing with here. He's not talking about meat being clean or unclean necessarily. He's talking about how that we interact with one another in regards to these things. That's what he's dealing with. Um, and if we, our conscience is troubled and we eat, it's, don't you understand? I mean, it's, it's, it's sin unto that person. So don't be trying to drag them across that line. Because it's not good for them. It makes them weak. You're, you're really tearing down instead of building up is, is, is what it amounts to. So that's, you know, it, Paul's kind of bringing these things back once again, you know, before us. So before we leave chapter 14, you know, we want to come back and look at these things, kind of make a little bit of a summary. We're not completely done with them in one sense because we're going back in chapter 15. He's going to begin with it, you know, uh, even some more. But before we get into the message, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we have spent um, a great deal of time in this chapter, and um, we didn't want to move through it too quickly. We didn't want to pass over it lightly, and we want you to impress upon us the things that are written here, Father, as they ought to be, and that we might... Father, have them pressed upon us in such a way that uh, we would do or do not that we might glorify you. So we look unto you this morning. We ask that you would speak unto us from your word, that you would help us to have a clear understanding. Help us to walk before you in the light of this truth. Help us to love one another. And even as Brother JT has already brought for us this morning, that we would dwell together in unity uh, because we are going to have differences of opinion on things and that's okay Uh, but we're called to dwell together in unity that we might honor and glorify you in Christ's name we pray amen you may be seated so again we've been speaking about the essential and speaking about the non-essential right the essential and the non-essential that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink If it is meat and drink, then we're straining at gnats and swallowing camels. We're focusing upon little things and ignoring the big things. But we want to keep the big thing the big thing, right? We want to keep the essential the essential. The little things, the non-essential things, there's going to be some differences, you know, there. There are things that are primary. There are things that are secondary. It's not the secondary things. It's not that they're not of any importance, we're not saying that. I mean, certainly if Sister Shelby can't eat that, you know, pork, that's, that's, not, that's, not, a, that's not nothing. That's something. Um, you know, so it's not that these secondary things are of no importance, but they are not the primary. 
They are not righteousness, they are not peace, and they're not joy in the Holy Spirit. We do not, as I said, want to make the smaller things the big things. Differences of opinion on secondary matters can cause a strain upon the fellowship. I mean, what did I say probably four weeks ago? You know, I, I don't know how many weeks ago it was I came through and I heard y'all on here talking. Y'all remember that? And I walked in and I said, how blessed it is for the brethren to dwell together in, in unity. How good, how pleasant it is. You know, I could hear it back there. And, and why did it strike me that way? Well, let's just, let's just have some reflection there upon last week's message. And we were talking about the Spirit. Does not the Spirit rejoice, you know, over that? You know, over us dwelling together in unity? Sure. And why was my heart, why did my heart rejoice to hear you dwelling together in here in unity? The Spirit within me was rejoicing over that. So, you know, that, that being said, what I said before about four weeks ago, and I think I've said it more than once, we are, what, one conversation, one conversation away, even between me and my parents, or me and my brother, or me and my wife, or me and my children, one conversation away from there being discord. You know, so how careful we ought to be in how we treat, you know, one another. But this is apparent, this was apparently happening in Rome, right? I mean, for Paul to write this letter and for this content to be in here, this was happening at Rome. So it got back to Paul. And Paul said, I've got to address this. A man himself who was formerly what? A Pharisee. A man himself who made the little things big you know, things. You know, the disciples coming through and they're rubbing those heads of wheat and they're hungry on the Sabbath day and they're eating, you know. And here the Pharisees are. No, oh, you can't do that, you know. We're the, we're the rubbing your hands together wheat police, you know, today. And you can't be doing that on the Sabbath. So they made the little things big things. He was formerly of that camp who couldn't see the forest for the trees. Who made... Mountains out of what? Molehills, right? Mountains out of molehills. Who got lost in the minutia? Here, he's the one that's telling us that the kingdom of God is not about carefully defined rules and regulations because they had plenty. But it is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, there was a despising. You know, this got back to Paul. There was a despising of those who didn't eat, and there was a judging of those who did eat. I mean, I don't know the content of what all made it back to Paul, but there was enough there that he could say, those of you who are not eating are despising the ones who are, and those of you that are are judging the ones who are not. He got enough information to make that uh, comment in the letter unto the church at Rome. And Paul here commends us to follow after those things which make for peace. To follow after the things which make for peace. Well, what's that going to be like? Well, if there is a difference, be careful how you talk to each other about it. You know? Um, be careful of the tone. You know, be, be careful of, 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 of the inflection and body language that's involved in discussing things that are different between one another. 
if we're going to dwell together in unity, you know, we've, we've, we've got to. Um, we are to be concerned with what edifies. So before I say that thing, whatever it may be, ask the question, is this going to edify? Is this going to build up? Is this going to help or is this going to hurt? You know, we need to be really concerned, you know, about that. So the things that the uh, Roman Christians here were following after prior to Paul's letter really kind of consisted of discord. There was division. It was kind of the um of Paul, um of Apollos, you know, sort of a, a thing. They weren't following after peace. They weren't seeking to edify one another, apparently. It was discord instead of peace. It was judging one another in secondary matters instead of the body being found like we find it in Ephesians 4 and verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Edifying itself in love. How are we going to do this? How do we pass through circumstances such as these when there is a difference of opinion uh, without relationships being strained? Well, I think one way is what Brother JT brought before us already this morning. You know, Christ is the big thing. Christ is the big thing. We may not be able to agree on everything, Brother JT says, but this we can agree upon, right? So... Is it possible to pass through these sorts of situations and there still be peace and unity? Yes. How are we going to do that? Well, we talked about the Holy Spirit last week. That's how we're going to do that. If we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, the flesh could be at odds like we see here with the church at Rome, and there could be discord, and there could be disunity instead of unity and edification. You know, that's what could exist there. It is possible for us to pass through these situations and there yet be peace and unity because they are non-essential. If we didn't have a category for the non-essential and we didn't have this chapter written unto us, we might not be able to make it through these situations and there still be unity and there still be peace. But since we do have this written unto us and we do understand what Paul's telling us is that this isn't about meat and drink, this is about how the Lord expects us to respond to each other and how the Lord expects us to glorify him even in places, you know, where things aren't looked at in the same way. So it is possible, but only in the power of the Holy Spirit. So it is possible for us to have differing opinions on secondary matters and receive because that's the thing that we were told to do at the beginning of this chapter, right? To receive one another. To receive one another and love one another as a church. That's possible. Because we are called to pursue peace and the things which edify one another. What does that not look like? Well, I don't think the same way that Sister Shelby does. I'm sorry, Sister Shelby. I'm using you as an illustration this morning. But we don't think the same way about something. What do I not need to be doing? I don't need to be bringing that up every single week and saying, Sister Shelby, you need to think about this differently than you do. And for her to get out of her car 
like she did this morning, and I walked outside because I was looking for you, um, and just automatically, here I go into it again. That she is going to become very discontent, you know, with seeing me anytime, or seeing any of us anytime, because we want to make that the thing. We want to make that the issue. We want to make that the primary. You know, we want to make that the essential when it's not. It's not the essential. And so I don't need to be goading her continually and prodding her continually, you know, about this. But I go about, you know, eating the meat. And I do that at home maybe because she doesn't eat it. I don't bring it here because we have a fellowship meal together afterwards. You know, so I'm not going to goad her with that. And as she's going through the line, say, hey, Sister Shelby, why don't you get you some of that? Hmm? Yeah. You need that in your diet, Sister Shelby. You need to stop not eating that, Sister Shelby. Go ahead and get you some. It ain't going to hurt you. You know, that wouldn't be very loving, would it? That wouldn't be edifying. That wouldn't be building up. Um, so that's not what, that's what it, that's what we not do, you know, certainly, um, I mean, we're told not to provoke our children unto what? Wrath. Wrath. Yeah. I would be provoking Sister Shelby by doing that. If I'm not to provoke my own children unto wrath, I shouldn't be provoking one of God's children under the same thing. You know, absolutely not. We're told to pursue that which makes for peace. We're told to pursue that which edifies. So when you pursue something, it's not a casually walking after, if I'm pursuing something, I'm chasing it down. I'm running after it. So I'm pursuing peace, which is the opposite of me telling Sister Shelby to get her some of that ham on the table. It's taking it off the table. And if I'm going to eat that, and it's okay for me to eat it, and I don't have, my conscience isn't conflicted. My conscience isn't bothered. I eat it at home. I don't, I don't, and if I have Sister Shelby over to my house, just because the rest of the church is not there, I'm still not going to serve ham to her, you know, if she has that trouble with it. You know, I want to love her. I want to edify and build her up, so I'm not going to have that. You know, I'm not even going to bring it up unless she asks me. You know, she, how is it that you can do this and I can't? You know, that's a different matter altogether. We can discuss it, but I'm not going to bring it up every time I see her. So, here is someone who, as far as she is concerned, is doing what she's doing as unto the Lord. You know, maybe it's a different matter. Maybe it's not, she's not a Jew, and, she, and it's not, you know, I've been brought up, I didn't, I didn't eat pork, and I just can't bring myself to do it. I mean, you think about Peter. Didn't Peter have trouble with that? I mean, there he was on top of, of, of Simon the, the Tanner's house in Joppa, and here's this sheet that, that while, while a meal's being, they were cooking, at the time, a meal's being prepared, and the Lord lays out this sheet before him. There's all these unclean animals, and the Lord says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And what does Peter say? Not so, Lord. Not so. And by the end of the conversation, the Lord's saying, Don't you call unclean what I call clean. Of course, we know there were some Gentiles that were already on their way. You know, the Jews looked at Gentiles and thought of them as what? Dogs. You know, they, they wouldn't... It would be just like in the Old Testament, you know, being ceremonial clean or unclean. If you touched a dead body, to them, if they walked into a Gentile's house, they were defiled. 
And the Lord's saying, don't you think that way about these who are coming to seek after me? Don't you think that way? So maybe it's, maybe it's meat sacrificed to idols. Maybe it was a certain sort of meat that was sacrificed to idols. I don't really know exactly what that you know, was like for them, you know, what that looked like for the Gentile maybe that couldn't do that or the Jew that couldn't do that. But whatever it was, it was an offense. So don't set that down before somebody that's going to be offended by it. Um, they are doing what they're doing is under the Lord. The Lord's receiving them. Isn't that something? Think about that. Here, Brother Donnie doesn't do it, and here I do it, and his conscience won't allow him to do it. My conscience does allow me to do it, and the Lord's receiving both of us because we're doing it as under the Lord. Isn't that something? Right. (laughs) Isn't that something? But we are to pursue those things in these situations which make for peace and which edify. The kingdom of God is not about personal opinions, right? It's not about preferences. It's not about customs or symbols or the external. It's not about carefully defined rules and regulations, but inward, the heart and righteousness and peace and joy. You know, this is what the kingdom of God's about. The kingdom of God is not about vitamins and homeschooling. You know there are churches that can be divided over eating certain things besides this meat and drink that we have here. You know, you don't eat white bread or you don't eat this or that. And the whole church could be in a turmoil, you know, because of things that people eat and don't eat. Because somebody, and I know it's, it is laughable in, in, in one sense, but it's sad in another. You know, uh, I have to chuckle at some of the things that I hear. You know, I was listening to a message just this week that a brother was preaching. He was talking about some of the ladies in the congregation had gone to another, um, I guess they had traveled somewhere, and, and, and while they were away, they, they went to church in a certain place, and there was actually a list of rules out there where anybody could pick them up, what was expected by in, anybody in the church. Sister Delina's shirt that she has on would not pass because the pattern within the garment, wouldn't. You couldn't, if you could see it beyond I think it was five and a half feet away. If you could see a pattern, you know, in the garment, then you couldn't wear that. That that wasn't considered something that was acceptable to wear. And so the brother was like, why not five feet? You know, why not six and a half feet? Why five and a half feet? You know, what, how, does, how does that make yeah, social distancing, you know? Well, you know, since we're going to mention social distancing, you know, we could throw the whole, we could throw the whole, you know, conversation into, you know, COVID. There were those who wore masks. There were those who did not wear masks. There were those who really didn't get sick, and those were Brother JTR said he got really sick. You know, his, his it was your your nephew, grandson. grandson. You know, had some medical trainings like you need to go to the hospital, and Brother JT is like. I'm guessing because you were so weak, like, I'll just die right here. I ain't going nowhere. You know, <laughs> I, I, I feel so bad. I don't feel like going to the emergency room. You know, you just leave me right here. The Lord can take me or the Lord can heal me, but then I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm kind of imagining the conversation. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> it was something like that. So, you know, there, there are those that, that are really concerned you know, okay, I'll, I'll use Sister Joyce. I don't know if this is her or not. 
But I'm using Sister Joyce because she's in her 90s, right? If Sister Joyce came in here and she didn't feel comfortable coming to services unless everybody wore a mask, would you wear one? Would you wear one? You may feel really strongly about not wearing a mask. But for the sake of your sister, who wouldn't come unless you did, would you wear one? Yeah, we'd wear one. Since you brought that up, that same brother that I was listening to, he was in Holland or the Netherlands, I guess that same sort of area, I don't know. But anyway, going those are near, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> he's there. He's, he's preaching at a church that invited him. While he's there, there's a, a magazine, a gospel magazine or something that had asked him for an interview. And before he went to the interview, you know what he was told, brother? Not this, you've got to wear a tie. But your shoes have to be black. Your trousers have to be black. Your socks have to be black. Your belt's got to be black. Your, your jacket's got to be black. You can wear a white shirt. But your tie's got to be black. If it's not, people aren't going to regard you as holy and they won't listen to what you have to say. That happens. Yeah, that happens. So can, can you see? I mean, there are so many things that we can put into this category you know, that, that, that could cause division when the Bible doesn't say wear a tie, don't wear a tie. When the Bible doesn't say it's got to be black or doesn't have to be black, it can be blue, you know, but you've got places, and what are you going to do? What did, what did he do? He put on his black suit and put on a black tie with a white shirt. You know, Paul said that he became some of these things, right? That he might win, you know, others. So would we wear the mask? Would we wear the black tie? Would we not have, you know, ham on the table or meat sacrifice idols or whatever the case may be? You know, there's so many, many, many things. We need to make sure we're remembering this principle when we get into those areas um, that we don't offend, that, that, that we do receive, that we don't create discord and dissension and division, but we, we follow after peace and we follow after the things that would create um, unity. Prophets, little, but godliness. Oh, yeah. I, I had a brother took me to task one time about that verse of Scripture. He told me, he says, it does say that bodily exercise profits a little. You need to be exercising. You know, well, okay. I received that in the spirit in which it was given, but if he told me that that was equivalent to righteousness, mm -mm. We've, got, we've got a problem now. It's a secondary thing. It's important to you. You think everybody ought to get up every morning, maybe, and run five miles. You know, that, that would be difficult for some of us. You can't make it into the kingdom unless you run five miles. You know. I don't think Sister Joyce would be able to run five miles. You know. I mean, she might. She's, she's, she's in pretty good shape. You know. She might outrun me. You see some of the marathons that didn't say how long to run it. You know, there's so many people come along the line after they've already started gathering up chairs and they've taken away, the, all the sponsors are gone and people are still on the road trying to make it to the finish line. The finish line's not even there anymore. Um, but that's the kingdom of God's not about exercise. It's profitable. It's good. 
Good to get the blood pumping and flowing, but, but that's not righteousness. So we're called to edify one another, to build one another up, receive one another, not be given to judging and despising one another over things like meat and drink and days that are mentioned here in our text. You may not, listen, you may not have to give an account before the judgment seat for whether you ate meat sacrificed to idols, but you may have to give an account on how you treated those who did not. That's what it comes down to. That's the big deal here in Romans 14. That's the big deal. You know, the opposite of pursuing peace is conflict. We're not given to conflict. I don't, I don't like conflict. Y'all like conflict? I don't like, con- I don't like drama. I think my wife thinks, well, sometimes you're pretty dramatic for somebody who doesn't like drama. (laughs) But um, I do not like drama. I don't want to stir drama up. I don't want to stir conflict up. But I do get exercised sometimes over things that I see that, you know, aren't right. You know, Um, so anyway, like the concrete uh, subcontractor has called me three times this week and said, I'm going to be here today. Oh, I can't be here today. I'll be there tomorrow. Okay. Then he doesn't show up tomorrow. Sorry, I can't be there today. I'll be there tomorrow. And they didn't show up the third day. Come Monday, if he didn't show up, he and I are going to have to have a conversation, you know, because I've got people waiting for him to pour that concrete. You know, I need the concrete poured. So, but I don't want conflict, you know, for the sake of conflict. Dad Ryan tell me, Hold on. <laughs> you're not going to talk to him the way you're talking about him to us right now. No, I'm not going to talk to him that way. Yeah. But I am exercised in my spirit over the fact that this has not been done. Um, and I'm letting you know it's a problem. So we are being called to step back, see the bigger picture in these things. It's not about homeschooling. It's not about ties. It's not about jackets. I mean... I'll, I'll watch some of the men that we have come, and I know we haven't done a lot of that. We used to have meetings almost every month, and I'd love to be able to get back to that. But those men would come in and take their cue from the way they saw me dressed. They had a tie and jacket ready. If they saw me in a jacket and tie, they'd put theirs on. You know, Or if they saw me like this, they might come up, come up to me and say, are you going to wear jacket and tie? What are they trying to do? Hey, if I need to wear a jacket and tie, it, you know that I'll wear one. It 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 it, it doesn't matter. Not, to, not like you're telling me I've got to preach with no clothes on because I couldn't do that, you know. But but I'll wear a jacket and tie. You know that's okay. They're they're pursuing peace. That's what they're pursuing. There might be some. I'm, they might see me sitting out there looking at them, saying, "Here I am in a jacket and tie." And then I went on. Who is this guy? He thinks he can preach without a tie. Things he can preach. I'm not saying that I'm that way. But he can preach without a tie and jacket. That people are that way. That can do. They can get there. They can be that way. We're not called to be that way. We're called to pursue peace. We're called to employ ourselves in edifying one another and building one another up, not tearing one another down. So, like I said, before we say something, is it going to edify? Is it going to build up, or is it going to tear down? Does it make for peace? Or does it not? Ephesians 4 2 says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. Sounds pretty humble, doesn't it? 
with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Forbearing one another in love. Endeavoring. That, that's, that's like him saying, pursue peace and pursue those things which edify. It's saying here, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That is my endeavor. That's what I'm pursuing. That is my goal. That is what I'm aiming for. That, that is what I want there to be between each and every one of us, you know. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 2, and 3. Such a perspective as Romans 14, what we've been looking at, to me, when I read Ephesians 2, 4. I can read Ephesians 2, 4 without Romans 14, but if I read Ephesians 2, 4 in light of Romans 14, you know what it does? It sharpens the edge of what I read there in Ephesians 4. hope that's not me. Sounds like it's coming from over here. Because mine can do that inadvertently. So can yours. <laughs> yep. Well, that one... That one's been broken. That one's been broken into too. So it's yeah, same way. Yes, is it, is it time to eat? <laughs> so this is huge. What we're looking at here in Romans fourteen. This is enormous. Now this this is a big deal. This is a big thing that we're looking at here. How that we treat one another. This is the unity that Christ has called us. Unto. You know, that keeping the big things the big things and the little things the little things, keeping the simplicity that there is in Christ, because the Pharisees would have added all sorts of things to hang off of it. And and the Lord says, Nope. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength, your neighbor yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on that. Love's the big thing. That's the big thing. So having a gener- generous spirit towards one another. You know, humility, humbleness, loneliness of mind, an openness of heart, you know, towards one another, a genuine care and concern to come alongside one another. We come from different backgrounds. We have different experiences. There are things that may be perfectly fine for you that I can't do. There, there's, there's, there's things that, that, that were a part of my life in certain places, you know, that I lived that I don't want anything to do with anymore. Because of what was attached, you know, to it. And it may be fine for you, but not for me. We've taken our time with these things because they are that important. Is the circulatory system, Rebecca, important to the body, the physical body? Is the respiratory system important, Rebecca, to the physical body? This is that important to the spiritual body. It's that important. It is a function within the body of Christ. There will be differences. There will be. There will be differences. Those differences that are among us must, must not divide us. Must not divide us. We have to divide between the essential and non-essential. Is this an essential thing? Does the scripture plainly speak about this? Then we have to deal with that. If it's a non-essential thing then we can live at peace 
And we can edify one another by, by, by living from opposite ends of the spectrum on the, the matter and still dwelling together in love and still dwelling together in unity and still dwelling together in the bond of peace. Go, let me read again, verse number 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. That's a pretty strong principle, pretty strong command that we have presented unto us here. So how instrumental it is for us to walk in the Spirit, that we don't succumb to, I'm going to use Brother Donnie's term, that we don't succumb to the stupid flesh and say things and do things and act towards one another in a way that we ought not to in a way that doesn't glorify the Lord, in a way that makes one another weak, in a way that is not charitable uh, at all. But we ought to edify one another. In the non-essential, leave it to the individual. It's non-essential. Leave it to their conscience. They've got to do what their conscience convinces them to do. They can't, you cannot ask them to do otherwise until the Lord changes that, if it needs to be changed, it doesn't need to be changed by us. The, the, the Lord's able. The Lord's received them. They're doing it as under the Lord. And, if, and if, they're, if, they're, if they're of this attitude, and this is how we ought to look at each other in those things, when we see somebody that's doing something that we can't do, maybe, uh, or, 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 or the opposite, you know, we ought to think. The first thought that ought to be is they're doing that to honor the Lord. And if that's where their heart is, seeking to follow after the Lord and all that they do, you think the Lord's not going to correct them in places where they need to be corrected in their thinking or I need to be corrected in my thinking? Absolutely. If they're seeking to do all they do to the glory of God, the Lord's able to bring them to the place that he would have them to be in regards to those things. So that's where I'm saying we have verse number 22. You have, you have faith in a matter that this is the way that you ought to do this thing because of your conscience. Have it to yourself before God. It's between you and the Lord. Didn't we see that here you know, in, in this chapter? Uh, I, I, I believe we did. Um, let me see the part that I want to, to read. Okay, why, verse number 10, dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And that's what I was saying before. You know, it's, this, is, this is a matter between them and the Lord you know, in, in that regard. So what are we saying? Don't cause your brother to stumble. And that's said in the text. It's, it's there. We've, we've read it in Romans 14. When we think about this idea of having faith before God, faith here denotes an assured belief that what you're doing is right. You are assured before the Lord, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you think about causing some conflict whenever you see, you know, I'm assured this is what I'm supposed to do, and Donnie's doing the opposite. I'm like, what? It's like, wait. <laughs> Lord, what, what's that going to cause me to do? Lord, am I, do I need to be thinking about this the way that Brother Donnie thinks about it? I mean, I've always thought about it this way, you know, or am I right, you know? And Brother Donnie needs to think about it a different way than he's thinking about it, and, you know. You know, I've, I'm, it's me before the Lord. I've got to come to that place. If my conscience won't let me do it, I don't need to do it. You know, it's not a good thing to go against the conscience. The conscience is, is of great importance here. You know, a brother or sister may not think about things the way that we do. We need to be kind 
We don't need to be restrictive. We, 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 need to, we don't need to say they're exercising too much liberty. Uh, we don't need to say that, that um, you know, they're, 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 they're living loose. Um, you know, um, both of us need to be convinced in our own mind. The Lord's able. The Lord's able to convince us. The Lord's able to show us if we're not thinking about things rightly, if we're seeking to glorify him and what we do. And I'm not thinking of any one particular thing right now. I'm thinking about anything and everything that could be something, you know, that could cause some sort of division among us, you know. Um, if it's not the essential and it's a non-essential thing, then we go along in harmony. We go along in peace. We go along edifying one another and that's okay, Dad. You do it that way. I just can't do it. You know, I, I, this is what this is what I feel like the Lord had me to do. So, don't go against your conscience, and don't persuade others to go against their conscience. That's not a good thing. The Lord's not really called us, you know, to that. So, we're called to peace and edification. So, do what you feel is right in the non-essential, but have that yourself before God. Do what you think is right in the non-essential and have that yourself before God. Don't make it a crusade. Then I'm going to change the way that somebody's thinking about this. The things we're speaking about today certainly are, as I said before, a repetition of what's already been said, but Paul thinks it's that important enough to mention it again at the end of the chapter. Here he goes back and do it again. So here's some of the things that we've said, not just today, but in past messages. Some things are big and some things are not. Some things are central. Some things are vital. Some things are not. Bear with the consciences of others. Let us pursue peace in those things which would build up the body. The things that are essential to the kingdom of God is one thing. We must all be on the same page there. But the non-essential things, they're, 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 they're non-essential. They're secondary. And we may differ. We can't differ on the essential, but we may differ on the non-essential. If it's not a central issue, don't make it the central issue. If it's not a central issue, don't make it that. If I differ with someone in regards to meat or drink or days, I don't need to constantly be bringing that up. Um, you know, the, let the Lord convince them. If you really think that they need to think differently than you do about it, pray for them. Pray for them. Ask the Lord. You know, speak to them. Or... I, how do you react whenever you come up against something like that? If Brother Donnie thought about something a certain way, you know, or if Rebecca thought about something a certain way, or, or if, if Cheryl thought about something a certain way that was different the way that I think about it, what do you do about that? And I'm not talking about going to them and saying, you're not thinking about this, right? Because we already know that's not the thing we ought to do. I'm talking about from your own perspective, what do you do? Yeah, pray about it. Ask the Lord, show me. Lord, if I'm not thinking about this right, then please show me. Uh, I come up against those things, and, and, and you'll find me in my library pulling down books, looking at that subject. That I, Here I am, 54 years old almost, will be this month, um, and I've thought about this for all this time this way. I start pulling down things and looking at them again. Lord, am I, am I missing something here? You know, am I not thinking about this right? Here's another thing. Believe the best about one another. They're doing what they're doing as under the Lord. He's trying to do what he's doing as what he believes to be right before the Lord. He's living for the Lord. That's the big thing. God's going to take care of the rest. 
If he's doing what he's doing as under the Lord to glorify God, if, if, he's, if he's not quite right in his thinking there, the Lord's going to correct that. I mean, you've got a person who's wanting to follow after the Lord with all their heart. I mean, they're, they're trying to do this thing as under the Lord. If they're not thinking about it right, the Lord's going to show you know, that unto them. God will take care of the rest. Lastly, let brotherly love continue. Don't hurt your brother or sister over that which is secondary. If I drink a certain thing, eat a certain thing, observe a certain thing, and they don't, leave it to their conscience. You know, leave it to the conscience of one another. Have your own opinion on the matter before God yourself. I mean, we're, we're both looking unto him who's the author and finisher of our faith. That's, that's the thing. So, be charitable towards one another. Love one another. This is acceptable in the sight of God. And others on the outside are going to be like, wow. I mean, these people can, one thinks about it this way and one thinks about it this way, and they still can dwell together in unity, you know? How can they? Because the Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? They're both seeking to honor the Lord. They're both seeking to glorify him by the not doing or by the doing. That's the common denominator. That's what unifies. So, Scripture says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I think Brother JT's got something he's wanting to share with us. I don't know. You got something there, Brother? I keep... <laughs> right. Right. There's no law against that. And if there's not a law against that, then we ought not to make a law against that. Because <laughs> then we're adding to, right? And we're taking away from... Um, the Word of God. And Brother Wiseman would have to take us to task about that because he was real big on that. You don't add anything to, don't take anything away from, you know, the Word of God. And we, not, that he, not that we aren't, but he was vocal about it. You know, that was one of the things he affirmed continually. The Word of God is the Word of God. And you don't add to it and you don't take away from it. God gave us exactly what we need. We don't need to be adding to it because it's short anywhere and the Lord's not short. You know, we don't need to take it away from it because times have changed, you know. People aren't the same as they always. You've got to take that out. That's going to offend somebody. Let it offend if it's in God's Word. <laughs> yeah, and right at the end. <laughs> right at the very end. Yeah. Amen. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all I really have, you know, this morning. Um, you know, it's... It's um, it's it's been. I don't know if if Romans fourteen has has helped. You know how many times you've been through Romans fourteen. I can tell you honestly, it's had an effect upon me. Not that there's been any conflict necessarily, but it's had an effect upon me and how I'm thinking about these things. I need to be reminded, you know, of this and see this afresh and anew. And it's no mistake. When did we start our study in the Book of Romans? Over five years ago. You know, that in my life at this particular time, I'm going through this. Um, you know, it was, I don't know if it was needful for you, but it was needful for me. Um, so I will, I will ask you one more thing. Be praying for me because we're coming to the close of another study. I always do this when we get to the end of a study, right? Be praying for me. The Lord give me direction about where we're going next. I'll, I could I could tell you where I'm leaning. Revelation. No. 
where I'm leaning in what I'm, what I'm, I'm not saying that I'm leaning this way, but what I'm, what I'm feeling at least right now that the Lord's directed me towards never preached through the book. I don't know that I've ever preached a message out of the book before, but, um, is upon Jonah. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, you know, but be in prayer. And if you don't pray, then don't complain. <laughs> yeah, could be two more years. <laughs> you got a long time to pray. <laughs> yes, of Jesus Christ. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, but be in prayer because, you know, if, if you've read ahead, I'm not saying there, that there are things that are coming, you know, in Romans that are, they're unimportant, but there's there's a lot of when you get to the end about saluting this person and saluting that person. Uh, I don't know how many messages we have left. You know, honestly, I, I know there are probably preachers who have the next year's worth of sermons outlined in their file cabinet and they're ready to go. I'm not that person. I'm I'm a I'm a week to week sort of guy. Yeah, yeah. So, being. Yes, we do. We have a lot of names to pronounce in 16 that we may not be able to pronounce. Yes. Judge yourself that you be not judged. Yep. We got the whole speck and beam sort of thing that we could throw in there, you know, too. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Mm hmm. Be assured before the Lord. I mean, our, our consciences need to be informed by the Word of God, uh, not by the opinions of men, uh, but by what God's Word says. So if I've got a question about an issue, I go to God's Word. and say, What does God's Word have to say about that? Well, if it doesn't have anything to say about it, what's my answer I'm going to give to you? If you come to me and say, can I do this or can I do, not do this? Will it glorify the Lord? Can you do it and glorify God? Because I do know the Bible says that we're to do all that we do to his glory. So whether you eat, drink, whatsoever you do, do all of the glory of God. Yeah, that, that sharpens that verse too, doesn't it? Looking at it from Romans 14. You know, it puts an edge you know, on that passage. Whether I eat or I drink or whatsoever I do, that I do all of the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. So we are not without an answer in God's word in regards to those things. So any other thoughts? I don't always do that. You know, ask you, do you have any other thoughts? You you usually don't refrain from saying something if you do have another thought, and that's fine. I don't I don't mind that. That might that might really bother somebody. They might call you down from the pulpit and say, "You don't speak when I'm speaking." That would be kind of harsh, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, we're just this little group of people. I know there's people listening, you know, online, and they don't hear some of the things that you say. But but it, you know, I'm. It doesn't bother me at all for Brother JT to speak up, Brother Donnie to speak up, somebody say something, you know, Sister Delina say something, or Sister Shelby say something, you know, you know, add, add, add to you. You got one? Mm-hmm. Versus something from the conscience. Right. And discernment of the 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we, we can't see the heart, so we don't really truly know, you know, unless... I mean, you could know more maybe with Cohen in something of that regard because... or with Delina in that regard because you know them so much better than I do. And even even the way that they would speak about something or their mannerisms in having that conversation, you could kind of tell, you know, there's something kind of going on here. But for the most part... We wouldn't really know. But when it comes to us individually in that regard, if my conscience says this is not something you should do, and I do it, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a law unto me, you know. And if I go against my conscience, then it is sin unto me, you know, because if my conscience has been informed in regard to this, that I don't eat that meat because it's sacrificed to idols, and I do it anyway. And I go against that conscience that God's given me, and it's informed that conscience that this is a problem for me, and I go against that, then, then it is as sin unto me, though it, it's not sin unto the person who their conscience is, is not shackled, and it, it's not fettered, you know, by the idol. You know, the, to them, the idol doesn't mean anything, you know. But to the other person, because of their experiences and because of where they come from, you know, maybe some of that music that we used to listen to as kids, and, you know, you'd play those records backwards, and you'd hear, you know, <laughs> things that were, you know, messages that you didn't hear going forward. Um, um, you, you're looking at me like you didn't know anything about that. <laughs> it really did. Did you, did, you, did you do any of that, Brother Donnie? Were you with? I didn't do it, but I was with kids who did it. And they'd, they'd run some of that stuff backwards, and you'd hear... Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some people, because of that, would have a lot of trouble. You know, if that was part of their, their, their experience in their youth. Of course, they could have gotten past that, you know, and, and, and not have a, you know. I was just thinking when you would be like. You're talking about us. When you should maybe even encourage someone. If yeah. If someone's in a place of fear about something. Right. Well, absolutely fear, yeah. When should, like, if they're doing or not doing something. Mm-hmm. Right. No, if we know, if we know it's 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 say fear, that the, the the example that you're using, and we know that we have a relationship with that person that we can speak to them, and you got to build that. You got to build a relationship with a person. Yeah. Man, you're gonna speak, and it's gonna be like you know a clanging cymbal. You know, somebody shut off that noise. That's a bunch of racket. You know, but but um, if there's love there. You know, for one, so that we're not a tinkling, you know, symbol. Um, but if there's love there, a relationship there, then that I think, and 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 I'm, I'll me add to that prayer, prayerfully seeking the Lord about opportunity to say something. Um, you know, they may come to you, and you have an opportunity. But if they don't come to you, then you know, you may have an opportunity of asking the Lord to provide one to say. And, and I've done this multiple times this week, as a matter of fact. The Lord's not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Don't miss the next word. Nope. Power. All right, let's talk about that. Why does it say power? Exactly. That's exactly right. 
There's power there. The Spirit of God operating in their life, the Spirit of God operating in your life. I mean, what difference are you going to make except the Spirit of God? You know. No. No. But there's, 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 you know, otherwise, if, 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 if we're not plugged into the, that power, what are we like? I don't have a lamp up here. I got a fan. We're unplugged. Right? I mean, he's the source of power. Otherwise, I'm unplugged. I'm, I'm not, without him, I can do nothing. I can do nothing. Whether it's talking to that person or that person overcoming that fear. Right? Either way. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying there is exactly what we see here when we say pursue peace. Pursue. Yeah. Oh, that's different. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. You might, you, might get a, you might get this. You don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Right. Right. But he's coming to you. Right. Right. Now, now I'm 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 not going to say anybody there is this way, but I know this can be the case. There could be people that go to him and say things to him just to be rejected, so they can say, "See, I've been persecuted. I've been persecuted. I was run off one time with a gun." You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we've not been we've not been given No. No. Well, Mhm. Yeah. Right. Right. Mhm. We don't know. We don't know. So we've not been given a spirit of fear. But we said of Cohen said power, and of nope. What's next? Hmm. Powers first. What's next? Love. Somebody say love. Okay. But of love, why love? Why love? Mm-hmm. Okay. Love covers multitude of sins. What sister? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me let me let me ask it this way. Okay? Let me ask it this way. Because you already answered it in this way with power. Alright? So not being given a spirit of fear, but of power, you said God's power. 
So God's in complete, utter control. There's nothing greater than he is. I have access to that kind of power, right? Now, let's answer it the same way from the perspective of love. Why not be afraid? What does that love have to do with not being afraid? Hmm? Well, we know that he loves us. I, I tell my girls, and I, I tell Andrew the same thing. I don't know if I've ever said it to him, but I've told my girls before, God loves you more than I ever could. I mean, you want to talk about the depth of love that God has for us. Why do I need to be afraid? You know, here's this power. Why do I need to be afraid? Here's this love. Why do I need to be afraid? You know, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And you look at that power and you look at that love in that way. What's the next thing that should result? A sound mind. I'm at peace. There's nothing greater than God who can pluck me from his hand. And he loves me with an everlasting love. Nothing can come between. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. You know, so there should be a sound mind. Now, let's go to another verse of Scripture. Perfect love, what? Casts out fear. Isn't that something? I was just talking to somebody this week about that. I mean, it is like here is the power of God. Here is the love of God. Get out of here. Cast out fear. Go away. I have nothing to do with you. God is over this thing. God loves me. There's nothing going to happen to me that, that, that he has not ordained from the foundation of the world. You know. So I am going to trust him. I am going to rest in that love. I, I am going to curl up in a little ball, Sister Delina, right there in that love. You know. Um, I'm going to rest safe, you know, in the everlasting arms that are carrying me. You know, so that's perfect love casts out fear, you know. So, and his love is perfect. That love being for perfect, I shouldn't be afraid. But I will tell you that we all are at times. And you're going to be again. But what do you need to do? Think about the power. Think about the love. Think about that perfect love. Have a sound mind. Kick it out. Cast it out. Ask the Lord to remove it. Get rid of it. Take it away. I don't want it to be here, Lord. It doesn't honor you. It's not glorifying to you. I don't need to be afraid. Why should I fear? So, I'm glad somebody brought that up, Brother Donnie. Because I really wanted to say something about those verses. They've been on my mind this week a little bit. And we haven't preached a message on it. There's, there's more there than we unpacked, you know. There's, there's quite a bit more, but, but there's a little bit, you know, to, to hang your hat on, I guess you could say. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not as afraid as I used to be. I don't want to be afraid at all. <laughs> Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. You know, yeah. Okay, you got enough, Sister Shelby? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're in the process of being murdered. <laughs> I 
Well, <laughs> you know, she she brings this up, but I've I've come in here before and scared her, not on purpose. Now, I haven't snuck in here and said, "Oh, I'm gonna wait till Sister Shelby got her back to me, and I'm gonna say boo," you know. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Right. No. Where are you going to get the power for that? To overcome that? What? Yeah. Where are you going to get the power to be able to stand in the midst of an arena with lions about to devour you? Or to be tied to a stake and be burned, you know? Those are awful things to think about, aren't they? Uh, or to be in prison and taken away from your family. You know, they're here they look to you for support and financial support, you know, and uh, all of a sudden you're thrown into prison and they don't have any, any means of support. Um, you know, this, you know, what, what do you, how are you, you going to overcome the fear of, well, you better not take that stand. You, you know, you're going to end up in prison and then your family's not going to have, you know, the food that they need to be able to, 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 to eat each week. They're not going to be able to pay the light bill. They're not going to be able to, you know, pay whatever. Um, you know, where's that going to come from? You you better be plugging in, you know, uh, to the Word of God, prayer, uh, looking to the Lord in all those situations and circumstances. Of any any of those men or women that have been in that in in that position that you're describing, um, how did they not fear? Lord, help me to help me to die the death of the righteous. Help me to die the death of one that would glorify you. Help me to die the sort of death that I've read about in Fox's Book of Martyrs where they're holding up their hands in the flames and praising God. Yeah, how do you do that? It's a, you don't get your ticket until you get on the train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, what, that was what Corey Ten Boom's father used as an illustration when she was asking about these things. He's like, Corey, when do I give you a ticket? Because she was little. And she said, before we get on the train. And he was like, well, before you go through something like that, the Lord's able to give grace. You know, yeah. so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just real tiny, tiny. But when Steve was having a stroke and we were on the interstate, the power of God, I mean, you don't have time to ask. You don't have time to mm-hmm. ask. You just know what you need to do. You already prayed up probably before you got there. Huh? You were already prayed up before you got in the car. Before you got in the car. Oh, in the car. Yeah. Before you got in the situation. <laughs> no. Right. Right. But that wasn't Peace that passes exactly. understanding. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not my peace. Uh-uh. That's God given peace. <laughs> That's a gift of God. Yeah. 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 You want me to keep going? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's.
let's stand and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sister Betty is sick, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, remember these in prayer. Remember Brother Steve. You know. Yeah. I saw him outside this week and he waved as I went by. Yeah. Or he held up his, I think he held up his something, his walking stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, his looks similar to mine. It's just it's taller. Yeah. So tall that when his his uh, electric running boards didn't come out the other day, he nearly broke his ankle. He said when he got out of the truck because there wasn't anything there to step on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, there are a lot of them that look the same. Um, anything else? How about some unspoken request? Because there are those I know that there's some things that are happening with them right now, um, just here in our midst, that haven't said anything about them. I'm not going to say anything about them, but I know about them, and uh, I ask you to pray for them. You know, pray for them. The Lord knows what they are. All you got to say is, Lord, you know that thing Brother Russell brought up? I don't know what it is. I'm praying for it. Yeah. All right.